in the world of business and in the world of sales, eventually everything burns to the ground. It could be changes to laws. It could be changes in the economy. It could be changes to your industry. And if you're not prepared for it, it creates panic. If you are prepared for it, it is the perfect opportunity for you to be a closer and scoop deals up like nobody else. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California. Today, today's a good day. We're going to talk about what to do when the world around you is on fire and everything's for sale. And in the world of sales, this is going to happen to you at some point. And it, it could be quite a few different reasons. It could be seasonal selling. And every industry has its normal ups and has its downs. And if this is you, I mean, it could be that spring and fall is busy for you. It could be that winter and summer is busy for you. And because of outside circumstances, sometimes the sales don't show up. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. You know, sometimes if you uh, are in an industry where you depend somewhat on the weather, the weather doesn't cooperate. Sometimes you're on an industry where you depend upon uh, natural resources and it just doesn't happen. So it could be seasonal selling. It could be the ups and downs of the economy. And a really good company is going to market no matter what, no matter how it looks in the economy. Anytime that there's a down in the economy, all marketing goes on sale. Anytime that the industry that you're in is busy, marketing costs are increased. So really smart companies, what they do is they're like, economy's down, marketing's cheap. Marketing's cheaper. It's easier to get a hold of people. Could be an industry takeover. I know of industries where consolidators move in. There's a lot of different phrases for this where one big organization comes up and buys everything and it's smaller companies are bought out. So it's just one big giant company could be businesses. It could be changes to a a business sector. Sometimes that happens just natural over time. Things start fading out. People don't buy them or the government can step in. Your government could step in and change the rules. In a situation like this, most companies have one go-to move, and it's massive discounting. Fire sale, everything is 50% off, everything is 60% off, and everybody around in the industry is in panic mode, in crisis mode, in danger mode, and buyers know it. Desperation's a stinky cologne. I love that saying. I love that saying. came from Super Troopers, Chief O'Grady. And this shows a huge flaw. It shows a weakness. It shows that that industry, it shows that those people weren't prepared. And one of the coolest things that you could do to prepare for weird situations is to play the what if game. And this takes some time. It takes some effort. It could be annoying, but it pays off in huge dividends. You know, it would go like this. What would I do? What would I do if the industry changed? And then we're going to go through all the reasons. Seasonal selling, ups and downs in the economy, industry takeover, changes to a business sector because of natural changes or the government. What would I do if there was a natural disaster? What would we do if 
And you just go down the list and you fill in the blank and you create a plan in case it happens. And then if something happens, you're like, uh, I sort of plan for this or I really plan for this. Here's the plan. It's on the shelf and it's ready to go. I can tell you that I've been inside of organizations and I'm like, okay, what's your emergency plan in case the weather doesn't show up? And companies will be like, no, 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 the weather always shows up. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. And then they're stuck scrambling. You know, a good company with marketing is going to have marketing in advance. They're going to have their information ready to go and they're going to have like a different series of things that they could send out, a good, better, best scenario. That's one of the smartest things to do. Shows a lack of confidence or a lack of overconfidence. And this could be something either case. You could deal sometimes with egotistical bosses or managers that think that they know everything. And it's a case of like, I, I know everything that's going to happen. So it's it's a case of overconfidence. Underconfidence is I just want to bury my head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. The real deal for you, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the climate is, no matter what's going on, this is why you really have to be good with your presentation. And it's all about sales basic mastery. I'm going to give you a generic rough outline, modify accordingly, change it for your industry. But this, if I had to sit down and map out my my game plan, this is what it would be. It would be a little bit of rapport. It would be discovery, looking for a pain, a problem, or a risk, depending upon the person that I was with. I would look for a commitment. I would give a presentation. I'd close. I would deal with objections. And then on there, I'd also add in follow-up. You know, because most salespeople don't ever follow up. They don't have a game plan in case they don't close the deal. Their go-to move is discount. So if the industry is in fire sell mode and everything's already in discounts, it becomes a competition of who can scream discount louder. It becomes, I've got a fire sell and my fire sell is bigger than everybody else's fire sell. And it creates a problem for most salespeople because they're not prepared for it. And I'll let you know that when salespeople struggle, this is the, the go-to move. A lot of rapport, a fake discovery phase, no commitment gained, a weak presentation, a quick close, deal with objections with more of a discount and no follow-up. If you were to map out your industry, whatever you do, whatever you sell, if you take whatever five, seven, 10 steps you have, and look and say, hey, am I doing my job? And one of the easiest things that you could do is you could record your presentation and you could go to something like rev.com or otter.ai and you could take your presentation and you could transcribe it. And then once it's transcribed, you build a checklist and say, here's my checklist of everything that I'm supposed to be doing. Here's my best presentation. And then if you do end up struggling, you could take your checklist and go, hey, did I do everything that I was supposed to do? Did I shortcut the process? Did I speed up to get to the close only to discount bigger? Because that that is, if there was a go-to move for most salespeople, that's it. Speed up the sales process, move everything around, do it as quick as possible, get in, get out, blame the lead, blame the company, blame the product, but never accept responsibility. And that's what your competition is going to do. And they're going to be in woes me mode. But if you prepare, you're just going to know that this is going to happen. It could happen in a month, could happen in six months, could happen in two years. But if you are consistent about your presentation and you're really good about your presentation, you're going to win. On your side, you're going to have to do a little bit more work. You're going to have to know the strengths of what you have to offer. And you better be able to write all of those off pretty quick. You better be able to say, hey, here's all the things that we're good at. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. But you also better know your weaknesses because if you're up against good competition, they're going to be talking smack and they're going to be talking trash and they're going to be leaving traps for you so that 
you have to overcome more problems so that you have to deal with issues. When you know your strengths and weaknesses, there is some confidence that you could have in a presentation and like, I got this, no problem. I already know what I'm going to say and I already know what I'm going to do. So in your weaknesses, is it the design? Is it the delivery? Is it the price? Is it something else? I mean, do you have a weakness in the manufacturing process? Do you have a product that isn't rated as high as everybody else? Is it your delivery time? How long it takes to get there? How long it takes for people to process? How long it takes for delivery? Is it the price? We already know it's going to be a price issue because everybody else is on fire sell. But especially if you work for a more expensive company or a premium company, everybody's going to be like, oh, they're more expensive. Just know that's like the go-to thing that your competition is going to say about you. Oh, you're going to call XYZ company? Ooh, they're going to be expensive. Because it's an easy out. It's an easy sell. It's an easy, like, hey, I already know what they're going to say and what they're going to do, and they're going to be more expensive. You're going to have to put in some work. This means you're going to have to know the strengths and the weaknesses of your competition, the main players. And in every industry, there's always somebody who's moving up the food chain. You got to figure out who that person is. Sometimes that person is really good, and sometimes that person is a weasel. And when I say person, I could also mean a company. So you could be up against good competition or you could be up against liars, frauds, and cheats. What you're going to have to do is draw your line in the sand and figure out what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And my line on the sand is always first and foremost ethics. Is it the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do? I'm going to stick with the right thing to do. And that's the, that's the lens that I choose to put everything through. What I'm not willing to do is lie, cheat, steal. Okay, that's cool. Uh, is there anything else that I'm not willing to do? Uh, well, take a look at the industry. Take a look and see what's going on. You really do have to be prepared for games buyers play, especially in down markets or where there's a lot of trouble or turbulence in your industry. And there's something about desperation that causes people to break the rules. There's something about desperation that causes people to do things they wouldn't normally do, but they're under stress and they're under pressure. And there's times where buyers will do everything they can. They'll look around, they'll be like, hmm, buy-in season, hmm? And they'll do everything they can to take advantage of you. They could pit you against other companies. And sometimes this comes to doctor documents, lies about what other people said. There are some scumbag companies that you end up selling to. You'll find that the, the game of making decision makers available becomes more and more difficult because they know if they could delay... Their, their biggest asset on their time is to delay, 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 delay. And they know the closer that you get to the end of the month, end of the quarter, end of the half of the year, the more that you have to close the deal. And so they, they grind on you as much as possible. It could be that the people that you're selling against play games. They could lie about you. They could doctor your documents. They could show people what you're up to. They could point out all your flaws and weaknesses in more of a manner than what's been done before. They're going to exploit everything they can to close deals. They can do what I like to refer to as create a bear trap. And a bear trap is to explain the future. And so this could be something like, oh, <laughs> you're going to have that person come out. I already know what they're going to do. I already know what they're going to say. And then you elegantly talk trash on them. Oh, I know why they do that. And then you explain why they do it. Here's what you got to look out for with that guy. Here's what you got to look out with for that girl. Here's their go-to move. There's their signature piece. And what happens is it's foretelling the future, but because it's done in a, in a slightly negative way, when it does happen, the buyer just sits there and chuckles and goes, yep, it's exactly what the sales guy from the other company, which is you, told me was going to happen. 
if you are in a situation and your company is solvent and you don't have problems, you're going to paint the problem of the future for the adversary. Hey, look, if this is their go-to move right now, that they're going to just give you a discount on top of a discount on top of a discount, what are they going to do when they're really in trouble? How are they going to take care of you? You're going to lose your warranty. You're going to lose your service. Man, I don't know who you're going to call. They're going to lose people. You're going to lose your rep. You're going to lose the people that you talk to. And sometimes it is a matter of painting the picture of the negativity of what's going to happen. If you've been in an industry long enough, you already know what happens in an up economy and a down economy. You already know what happens in in tough times and good times. You know what a good company is and you know what a bad company is. And it's your job to be the wise old man. You could be panicked on the inside, but you better be calm on the outside. Just like everything's going to be okay. Whatever objection that you're scared of in a presentation is going to be the one that you get. I can't tell you how many times I'd ride with a salespeople and they would say on the way to a call or in the office before their person got there, man, I hope I don't hear, I want to think about it. And they would get that objection because that's the objection they would talk around. That's the objection that they would talk themselves into. When everything's on fire and everything's on sale, it's a game of chess, not checkers. It's all about strategy and slowing everything down. Your job is to control the clock. Your job is to control the process. And there's ways for you to do that in every industry. There's ways for you to ask questions. There's ways for you to set demos. There's things that you do. You're just going to have to think through this process. The cool thing for you is like, if your competition's not listening to this, they don't know. Their go-to move is a discount. Their go-to move is to give stuff away for free. You got to be willing to put in more effort. You got to be willing to create some videos, create some audios, create some white papers, create some content, explain some, use some explainer videos. Part of it could be that you have explainer videos, but you gotta, you're going to have to outwork the people and ha- adopt the motto, you can't outwork me, you can only underbid me. And there were times when I'd be on the sales field, and even today when someone's like, hey, Scott, I want to hire you, uh, I want you to come coach my people, I want you to train my organization, and I tell them, like, here's your investment. They're like, whoa, 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 are you crazy? No, nope, I got a good track record pretty darn good at what I do. And they'll say, well, I, I've talked to other people and they're willing to do it for this much. And we'll say, hey, good. Let them do it. It just takes me longer to fix those problems. I mean, if you're okay with that, because ultimately you're going to call me anyway and say, hey, we want you to come work with our people and I'll do it. But it's just going to take me more time, energy, and effort to fix everything that they caused a problem for you for. Let me guess. This is the person that you talked to? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, with their process, here's where it's going to fail and here's where it's going to have issues. Well, well, how do you know? Because I've had to clean up their mess before, right? And you show confidence. Real deal. If you hire that person, here's what's going to happen. Here's all the downside. It's going to seem great up front, but at the end of the day, it's not a good process and it's not going to last. How do you know? Because I've seen it. How do you know? Because I've ridden with people who've used it. How do you know? Because I've talked to this company, this company, this company, and fixed it for this guy, this guy, and this guy, or that girl, that girl, and that girl. Like you have to have that confidence of know what's going on. I have this saying, like, sometimes you have to sell by the inch. You know, I look at sometimes as a sport analogy, when when you're playing football, they're like, hey, you know, you're first in goal. You know, you've got a short distance to go. That's that's what I say selling by the inch. You got to slow down the process. Selling by the yard is like the long pass, the easy pass, the easy sell. When you're, when you're with a difficult buyer and it is a battle and it's a fight, you're selling by the inch. You're, you're trying to get to the end zone. And that person's going to put their, their best 
protection against you, the biggest blocks, the the best manager who gets to tell people no, the biggest gatekeeper. And sometimes it is a game of selling by the inch. And like everybody else in your industry is going to be selling by the yard. The yard for them is the quick discount. It's going to be the fast sell. It's going to be the easy sell. And let's just say you do close the deal. That's your job to get some testimonials, get some reviews, get some videos, get some pictures. Like you, you need some social proof. Hey, I was able to help this person out or that person out. And then at the end of the day, you ask for referrals. One of the greatest things you could do to lower cost of acquisition is ask for a referral. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter what you're going to do. At some point, you're going to have to face a fire cell. And your industry around you is going to be burning to the ground. And you're going to be the smart person who's like, I've done some preparation. I'm prepared. Bring it. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.